Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, and a lot to talk about in an April day as we approach the Twins opener. We've got a Final Four championship in town here tonight. And, man, did we have a Final Four game last night. Plus, football goes on. Ticket sales goes on. And, Pete and Jerry, I'm, I'm going to start with a different kind of a question for you, okay? Sure, sure. A lot, of, a lot of people, you know, in these parts, I think it's very apropos, they, they wonder about what it's like to winter uh, in Florida, you know, and, and, and how much time they want to spend down there and, and how you go about it. You've been in that kind of experimental phase here for a while. Uh, we've mm-hmm. talked to you, you know, you've been smart enough to be down there. Well, it's 38 degrees up here again. You, <laughs> What have you found about that? I mean, I mean, is it is it an easy transition? Is it a different transition? What's it like when you're spending more time there? Yeah, I would say easy, not really, um, but yeah. great, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, there, it's something, Maxie, because of my experience being down here when I played with the Buccaneers back in the late 80s, mm-hmm. I – I kind of fell in love with Florida, but that doesn't mean that I don't still uh, consider, you know, Minnesota my 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 home. <laughs> sure, like like but a lot of people right now, right? I mean, you get to, you know, you, yeah. you spend time in Florida, but you still love Minnesota, and you know. Yep, absolutely. And so, you know, it's been great. I, we literally left January third. We have not been back since uh, to Minnesota. We've been uh, a lot of other places, uh, as you know, uh, whether it's mm-hmm. been with NASCAR or the Super Bowl or whatever. And and there's just been a lot of reasons to be traveling, but. I really do enjoy it down here, Maxie. It's, you know, it's not that I dislike the winters. It's not that I'm running away from the winters, but this is a, it's a great spot to be. I love the matter of fact, there's Minnesotans all around me. (laughs) So I really haven't left. It's just Minnesota South, I think is what they call the West coast of Florida, but, uh, but, but it is great. And as a matter of fact, you go down to Naples, everywhere you turn, there's a Minnesota license plate and somebody else from the state of Minnesota, that you know, uh, you know, and and then of course, once baseball starts off, then, then Fort Myers turns into the twins and everybody's coming. You were just down here a little while ago and yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah, you, you wouldn't realize how many people are down there from Minnesota till you get down there, and you, you know, yeah, you, it's, you go to a Twins game incredible. or whatever it is. But but right. but but is it, is it um, uh, you know obviously you 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 have your your base up here and your and your friends and your this and that. Mm-hmm. Is it easy to you know the social aspect of it and everything else? If you if you want to be get out there and be with people, is it easy to find them when you when you transition down there? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the, the wonderful thing about the world that we live in now, and we, we learned a lot about this during the pandemic, of course, but the, 
being able to have that connection and, and, and whether or yes. not there's, it, it's through some form of a FaceTime or whatever you want to call it, um, just that opportunity. I even have one for you, Maxie. I don't know if you've ever heard of this app, but it's called Marco Polo. But it's it's a version. I've heard of, of it, but I don't you, know what it is. Is that where you, it shows all the people and where they are? Is that what it is? Well, it's it's a remarkable thing. It's 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 basically texting, okay? Except it's a video, and so essentially you're just holding up your camera, talking into the camera itself, and then once you're done and you push send, it goes out to whomever it is that's that's part of that. Is instead of it being a text though, now you've got the video, so you you don't miscommunicate at all because it, you know you're seeing the I person see. who's delivering the message, yep. and that's that's big, and it's something you know my wife and I have talked about this for a really long time, Maxie, because. You know, oftentimes when you do text, somebody might read into what you're saying in yes. a different way and say, oh, or, or, or you, yeah, or, you might misspell something or whatever. Yes. Right. Yeah. But if it's video and, and, and you shoot it out there, they see you, they understand where you're coming from and your demeanor and all that type of thing. And, and it's, it's just another way of communicating. So between that and the Zoom calls and the FaceTimes and all the different things, um, in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm more connected maybe now than I, than I have been huh. when I am in the state of Minnesota. Although the other night, I have to admit to you, I, I really missed out. A bunch of guys from Central High School got together. They went to the original Art Songs. It's no longer called, called Art Songs, but yep. you've probably heard of that, Maxie. But Art yep. Song King of Wings back on 38th right. and Nicollet. That was, uh, you know, when my dad was coming home from the hospital working and on a Tuesday, and he'd say, hey, I'm going to bring in some, some Art Songs tonight. <laughs> The smile yeah. that came on our faces was just unbelievable. We, it's, it's so good. And, you know, you miss that. And, and I, I missed out with the group of guys from Central that got together and had a great dinner over there. Just uh, I think that was on Tuesday or Wednesday night this week. Oh, yeah. 38th and Nick, but that's got some great little uh, uh, restaurants over in that area, you know? And, yeah, uh, it's, it's yeah. become a, it's become a bit of a hot spot over there, to be yeah. honest with you there. And, yep. you know, stretching almost towards Lindale and that type area. It's just uh, it's it's been something that has been fun over all these years. And I say all these years because, you know, I was going to I was going to junior high in the 70s and, and high school graduated in 81. So we didn't have anything like that when I was going to schools there, Maxie. But now right. there's restaurants and all kinds of different entertainment and bars and all that kind of thing. It's a lot of fun. Now, before we go to break, and we'll talk plenty of sports today as well, for sure. But you mentioned that Marco Polo, uh, from a from a business standpoint, how does Marco Polo make money? Well, uh, there's a subscription models that that go along with it. It's very much like okay. a lot of the different music. Most of it is free, but if you want something a little bit different and want to be able to tweak it, then you actually do pay a little bit of a premium. And it's not a lot of money, but that so that's how they do it. And there's ways that they can kind of slip in an ad here or there, very, very, very similar to just about everything else that's free in this world. It's nothing's so that's how they do it. And there's ways that they can kind of slip in an ad here or there, very, very, very similar to just about everything else that's free in this world. It's nothing's really free. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but, but, but like you like, like, like when you're looking, you know, you're looking always down the road, the next company, the next big thing, the next trend. Is that something that stands out to you or is that something that you go, eh, let's give this some time and see if it's a fad? I think it's I think it's more than a fad, and I and I think as long as they can figure out a way to make money, Maxie, and this is something you and I talk about a lot, but you know, and I've I've used this example very frequently on this show and on CNBC frequently, which is Uber still doesn't make money, and we all love yeah. the product, we love what they do. You got these great opportunities to go from here to there, and it'll be there in a minute or two, and all of that that's going on, but. 
The problem is they don't make money doing what they do. And that's why you see a lot of these stocks that, uh, that had had big runs that to the upside that have come down pretty dramatically. You've got to prove to somebody out there and like guys like me, you've got to prove to us, we're going to make money and here's how we're going to do it. And, and, and they've, they've got to execute on that. And if they don't, those stocks are the ones that you see going down a lot faster than the rest of the market. Pete Nigerian, Mike Max, the huddle, a whole bunch to talk about. Derek Falvey is going to join us, general manager of the Minnesota Twins. Bob Motzko, head coach, Golden Gopher hockey team. Brian Cosgriff, Paige Becker's high school coach, will break down tonight's game and what he saw. Mike Nowakowski from Ticket King. A whole bunch of fun stuff straight ahead. Stay with us on the huddle. The greatest marketing tool there is for a tournament is to have a great game. Great games get people talking, and it grows organically. And last night, Pete Nigerian, it was a great basketball game. Duke and North Carolina in the Final Four. Mike Krzyzewski's, what turned out to be his final game as head coach at age 75. And uh, it brought, uh, the first game wasn't a clunker, but it certainly didn't have much drama to it. And the second mm-hmm. game had just about everything you'd want going down to the last minute. A couple missed free throws by uh, Duke. They missed three out of four in the final minute, which is a little bit ironic for a Krzyzewski team. Uh, and, the, and the season was over and his, his storied career uh, was over. But obviously it, uh, it, got, it got basketball back on the front page for a lot of people as we come out of this thing. Uh, Mike yeah. Krzyzewski, Pete, you've played, uh, you played for a lot of coaches in your life, and, and I'm, I'm always interested in the assessment of coaches or management yeah. people as to what makes some effective. From where you sit, why was he great? Well, I, I think it was his approach. I think guys really did enjoy how he was a calm. Not everybody responds that way, Maxie, uh, to a calm leader. But I think that's how I would describe him. And, and that's what I've heard from players. And you, you know that better than, my, than I do. But uh, quite a few Minnesotans have gone down there to Duke and played underneath, oh boy. underneath Josefsky, which has been a, a great run for Minnesota and for him as well. But it's, you know, it, it, boy, first of all, he doesn't look 75 years old. And, and, no, and he looks the same as he did when he was 50, yeah. He, he really does. And, and I think it's because he's got this calm demeanor. I think the players really do. Uh, it's not that he doesn't raise his voice, because I think he is a guy who's going to oh, get yeah. um, up there. He's going to raise the voice. He might even, you know, give you a pretty good stare. But oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's not that kind of guy who's going to give you that, that, that kind of you know, Mike Ditka kind of thing either. You know, and I think that's yep. part of what, what his success is. Players really do enjoy that they see his emotion, they see what he is, and they understand it, and they follow what he's going to give out there. And I'll tell you, after a while, Maxie, there is something to be said for, hey, look, he's had a pretty good run for 10 years. We better listen to coach. Then it's 20 years. Yes, yes. And 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 I think that players have to understand that this is a this is a guy who's been around. He's had so much success. He must have some sort of a – a great way of communicating with the players and they they gravitate to him. And I think there's a lot to be said for coaches like that. Not everybody's like that. You know, it, it almost makes me think of the Bruce Arians things going on down here in Tampa. A little oh boy. Bit where there's a, there's a big difference between, uh, you know, what, what people see and, and what others might see. And I think what the nice thing about Krzyzewski is he's, He's a guy who what you see is what you get. And I think when he coached in the Olympics and, and, he, and he was able to 
put himself together with all those great pros, but able able to hold those. Think of the egos that he had to manage, yep. Max. It, 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 yep. it sounds great. You've got the dream team. But when you've got the dream team, there's a bit of a nightmare, too, because everybody yep. wants the ball. Everybody wants to show what they've got. Yep. And, and you've got to manage all of that. And he did. And I think that's part of, you know, the – the chemistry that he's able to create for his basketball teams for so many years. It's just an incredible run. Yeah. I, I've met him. I don't know him. Sid Hartman was friends with him and uh, uh, he, you know, he came <laughs> here to watch the Apple Valley kids play and yeah, and Sid would be there. And uh, so I didn't know Koshyshevsky, uh, but mm-hmm. one of the things that he said that really stood out to me was he said when he realized uh, at some point in time early on in his coaching career, that it wasn't about coaching it was about relationships. It changed his whole coaching life because when he focused on the relationship with each player, then you're going to get the most out of the player because you're going to know the most. You're going to show them you care, and they're going to want to play for you if you care about them, and then the X's and O's becomes easy. That yeah. piece, I thought, was you know, and probably overlooked by a lot of young coaches because you're so anxious to show that you know how to teach a, you know a, a new way to you know uh, run the low post and you know the give and go and the you know, the, the ball screen and all that <laughs> stuff. And he said, no, 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 slow down, know the player, and then move from there. What, what does that mean when you you know? I think great coaches and great leaders and great managers, uh, that's what they do is they get to know the people, and and then the rest kind. Of, I don't want to say it becomes easy, but it becomes much easier. Absolutely. Yeah, nothing ever is easy, but it does get a lot easier. And I, I totally agree with that, Maxie. When Especially what I compare him to in a lot of different ways is is a Lou Holtz. And, and I say that because, you know, you look at Lou, does Lou look like the basket or the football coach? And you look at you, know, you look at some of these guys and they just don't look the part. But when you get to know them and you see the fire that they've got, but they also want to be somebody who is almost a father figure. Now, none of them ever want to step in and say, hey, look, you know, I'm going to treat you, you know, that way. But but as players, you start to look at some of these coaches as a second father figure, if nothing else, and and you get that relationship. And when you do, then you're going to get the most out of your players. It doesn't mean you immediately have success because of that, but it does mean that whatever you've got there, you've got a relationship where neither one wants to let the other down. And I think that's and, and you want the very best for that that person. And I think that is something that, obviously, as a coach, he has done for so many years down there at Duke. But I look at Lou Holtz's record where, where wherever he was. And I've run into guys who played for him at Arkansas and guys who played at South Carolina and, you know, even in the NFL days of the Jets. And, 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 and people really just understood and they, and they really wanted to do the very best. It doesn't mean that that guarantees any kind of success, but it does give you that – that ability to be able to pull the most out of what you've got. And, and sometimes that, that is enough. And obviously at Duke, they've, they, they had the combination of talent, but also the same relationship that we're just talking about. And when you get that going, that really is something. And I think it, it, it builds down. And he has players that, for the most part, Maxie, they stayed four years. He didn't have a lot of players that were rent-a-players yeah, yeah. that came in for a year and then they took off to the NBA. Yeah, and it was a long time before you even accept those players. But to that point, he also evolved to the point where he goes, okay, I can't, you know, I want them to stay for four years, but if they don't, I'm going to have to change. And and he did. And, and I, I suppose that's another mark of a great leader. You know, the other thing that I think if, if you just said a few months ago uh, would be huge during the NCAA tournament that really is not – 
is the NIL money. I think a lot of people thought this was going to be a huge windfall for athletes. And mm-hmm. certainly Paige Beckers is going to cash mm-hmm. in and in his cashing in gave Stevenson, uh, the heavyweight champion for Minnesota's ca- cashing in. But those are few and far between. You're not hearing. I think a lot of people thought that this was going to be easy money for athletes, but at some point in time, and you can speak to this better than I, corporate America wants to know what, what the, what the dividend is, or, you know, it's, yeah. it's an investment when they hire somebody to be a spokesman, to be whatever. And what I've heard so far, Pete, is there are college kids, student athletes that, that they're looking at as influencers. In other words, they build up huge social media accounts and, and, and those are the ones that they're watching. You don't have to be the star player necessarily, but they're not going to just put you on a billboard. They're not going to just have you come sign autographs at the car dealership. Uh, those days are, you know, you're, you're competing or you're not going to just get a job speaking to corporate America uh, when they can hire a professional speaker. Uh, I, I right. think that People probably under uh, uh, overestimated what power that might have, and it looks like it's just going to be reserved for for a few at the top of the food chart. I think that's exactly right, and and we can go and look at the quarterback for Alabama. You can go to you know just a a handful though. To your point, it's this is not something that I think uh, it it hasn't evolved the way people initially thought it was going to, and I think that a lot of a lot of that has to do with. How do you measure this? And, and that's part of the problem, I think, is, is trying to measure, all right, is the money worth it? And that, and I think you're seeing yeah. a little bit of a pullback and that's why it's slowed right, down. Right. Because that's where they, that's where you, you become a Pete Nigerian in essence, is you can yeah. say, Hey, I, I, I can love Uber, but I'm not buying Uber because as, as an investment. Right. I mean, because it, it really, it comes down and not, now you're talking about financial performance, right? Right. Yeah. And, and you've got to get that. And that's something that we've taken measurements off of. We, we actually at Market Rebellion sponsor an NASCAR, as you, as you know, but uh, Tommy. Right. Gilmar, and it's a calculated based on what you get in return, right? Right. What is the return on that? Are we getting enough of a return on that? And actually, over the three years now that we've had that business partnership going, we do see something that makes it worthwhile. That's why we're in year three. Otherwise, we would have probably had to walk away and say, "Hey, Tommy, it's been great. This is wonderful." Yeah, we I love getting, getting, getting to know. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. I, I think yeah. yeah, because capitalism always eventually capitalism comes into play. I guess is what I'm saying, right? Yep, yep, no doubt about it. And, and these ain't five hundred one c threes that are going to finance these nils. You know, it's just not the way <laughs> it is. You. you know, and the and the interesting part of college athlete, athletics now is is less about those the nils, and it's a lot more about these portals. And I know we can talk about oh, that yeah. until the cows go, but I mean, yeah. these portals and and the Gophers and everybody is a part of this whole thing for sure. For Huge, sure. Pete. Pete Nigerian, the huddle, and we come back. Derek Falvey, the Minnesota Twins are four days away from the home opener right here on WCCO. We'll break down the roster and more. Stay with us. Welcome back to the huddle. A little bit cold outside. Not terrible because the wind hasn't started blowing yet. Yesterday it was good, then the wind started blowing. And uh, eventually it'll give way to sprig in summer mode. And the sights and sounds of baseball. Thursday the Twins opened the regular season. Um, obviously they would have started, had it not been for the labor strife, they would have started uh, last uh, uh, Thursday, I believe it was. 
but they'll pick it up at uh, at Target Field uh, this Thursday to open it against Seattle. Uh, joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, Twins President of Baseball Operations, Derek Falvey. D- Derek, how are you? You you talk about a crash course in spring training, man. You have hit the ground running, and I'm surprised you even got five minutes for us because uh, uh, it has been from a trade to a free agent to a this and that. Explain the last uh, month of your life. <laughs> well, good to, good to connect with you, Mike. Always, I always enjoy it. So. Uh, chance here to to chat Twins baseball back in the Twin Cities. I'm excited to get back. Although did hear your weather report there. Hopefully it picks up a little <laughs> bit over the next uh, next week. Uh, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, we knew when we came out of the uh, the, the lockout that it was going to be busy. Man, we knew that that we were going to have five months of an off season kind of squashed into a really short period of time, and ultimately you had to be prepared for that. And fortunately, I think where we sit today. Uh, shows just how prepared our, our scouting group, our player personnel group, and our whole organization was to to make some significant changes in a really short period of time. We're thrilled with the group we got, and we're, we're just excited to get back to Target Field and kick it off. Pete and Derek, you 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 talked about this uh, last year. You talked about, hey, look, this is not going to be a rebuild. This is going to be a build, uh, actually, and that's exactly what you guys have done. Tell us a little bit about the pitching. You you've added a few, and are you pretty excited with where the pitching stands right now, or is there anything else in the future yeah i think you know when we look at it we knew we were going to have to add to a few different areas obviously up the middle we talked about shortstop position you know adding to some of the, the bullpen pieces and in, in the starting rotation as well and i can tell you right now i think everyone keeps their fingers crossed you never feel like you have enough pitching you want to stay as healthy as possible especially as you break camp but when we bring in the likes of you know guys like sonny gray a guy who pitched at the top of a rotation into meaningful games uh, it, over the course of his career we feel like that's a, a really good add you know guy like dylan bundy who's had some success and is still young and, and has a chance to bounce back to join you know, joe ryan and 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 bailey ober who had some real nice starts for us last year and, and showed that they could be a part of our future and then ultimately just recently adding chris archer a guy who uh, when fully healthy, has pitched exceptionally well. He hasn't been fully healthy over the last couple of years, but I think I was as excited as I've been all spring uh, post-Carlos Correa signing when I got the chance to see Chris the other day throwing, you know, holding 95 miles an hour and feeling good about his health. So we're going to need young guys to step up. We're going to need the guys that are on this team uh, to pitch to the best of their abilities and ultimately continue to find ways to add to it if we can. Derek, tell me about that outing for Archer a little bit because I only saw the box score. He gave up some runs. Uh, I didn't know, uh, you know, what you were looking for out of him. I didn't know. Uh, you said ninety-five. Uh, was he hitting spots? Was he? How far? You know, how far away is he from being a, a starter? Is, is he? You know, is he a back end of the rotation guy? What do you see? Well, I think in, in Chris's case, you know, this is obviously again one of the other unique wrinkles to this camp was with some free agents signing as late as they did. Chris really did an excellent job of putting himself in position to come in quickly. You know, we had been monitoring him even while talking during other clubs. I remember even when we did the Sonny Gray trade, we had had a conversation with Chris's agent about where he was. And while working out away from any team facility, he was tracking every one of his sessions. He was pitching to hitters out in Arizona, uh, facing got big league hitters and facing them and building up his arm strength in the same way we would in a major league camp. So by the time and we got all of that information and that data, so what his velocity was, what the pitch movement was. We got all the video. So it allowed us to say, okay, if we bring Chris into this camp, can we slot him right into the rotation? And, and can we uh, feel like he's built up enough, just like the guys who have been here? And that was true. So for him to come in, throwing 95 in a game, throwing good sliders, to answer your question, Mike, I think what we wanted out of him was to get to that 50-60 pitch mark 
feel like he had his arm strength built, but he did hit some spots. He did throw it where he wanted. That was an A lineup from the Braves that day with all of their guys that ultimately were part of that World Series team last year. So he had tough guys to face for his first outing in spring training, and I think we walk away feeling like his stuff is where it needs to be. Now we've got to just refine those last pieces to it to, to get him back into the rotation. And Derek Buxton looks great so far. He started off really strong. And what what are you seeing in Carlos Correa? Are you seeing all of the things that you expected to see with him within the locker room and the, and just the swagger that he brings to the team? You know, maybe more. And I know that that's crazy to say, given how much uh, how much we expect out of him and what he's done. You know, his career is well documented, right? Rookie of the year, Gold Gloves, Platinum Gloves, World Series winner. He's done everything on the on the field all by the age of 27. And, you know, he's somebody that we knew was going to bring uh, an edge to our team that, that, that we felt would, we would all benefit from. But I think beyond what he does on the field, you watch him in the clubhouse, the way he makes relationships, the way he connects with every player, you know, he's bilingual. So certainly speaking Spanish to some of the Latin players and then speaking, you know, in English to some of the other guys, he can create that bridge. And he spent each night since he's been here, since we signed him, I think taking somebody else out to dinner and, and spending time to get to know them, their families, he believes that a clubhouse and a culture are going to be what elevates a team's performance, as we all do. And I think he shows you. He manifests it every day. And we're just thrilled to have him you know, being a part of this leadership group down there. Derek, uh, Derek Felby is our guest uh, on the huddle. Mike, Max, Pete, Nigerian. Uh, you know, I was down there when he signed, and I, I, I talked to you about it down there as we observed him. And you were going out to dinner with him that night. You said this is the first time I've had a chance to sit down with him and, and, and just you know talk outside of you know the professional getting the deal done. Uh, but what you said was uh, overwhelming almost. You're right. It, it was more than you expected. And one of the things that, that he told me, uh, and I'm sure he told you, was uh, I think his dad, he, when he said that he wanted to learn how to speak English as a kid because he was going to need it when he played big league baseball, his dad took on two extra jobs so that he could send him to an English-speaking school. And it's, it's a wonderful story that he tells about it, but it also tells you a lot uh, – about that personality because it, you know, Nelson Cruz was a great leader too, quieter, but they had that same presence in the locker room. Uh, he is absolutely committed. He works the locker room like no one I've ever seen. It, it really is special. I, you mentioned it. Nelly was, as I've, I've been a big bit on record saying the best teammate I've ever witnessed, you know, in terms of yeah. how he navigates leading oh, yeah. guys and everyone does it differently, you know, certainly. Right. I, I think the twins have had some tremendous, tremendous clubhouse presences over the course of their, you know, all of your careers and, and certainly watching even before I got here. And it's just special when you see a leader, an authentic leader in the space, impact young players around him, young and old. And I think there are guys, we signed Joe Smith at the same time and Joe had had some time with Carlos in, in Houston. And before I even met Carlos, Joe was here that day before. And he said, this guy is the real deal all around on this front. So I think if we're going to benefit, obviously, from his play on the field, but I know we're going to benefit beyond that, too. And Derek, you were talking about some of the youth and, and, the, and what you're seeing right now, and you're pretty pleased with what you're seeing. What are you what are you seeing right now out of Royce Lewis? We had an opportunity to have him on the show a while back. And Boy, he's a really excited guy who's really, uh, I mean, he really wants to be up there. Um, what does it look like right now for him? You know, Royce is somebody, obviously, who we feel as good about as you just mentioned. He's a he's a tremendous athlete and talent. And, and the reality is we've dealt with things over the last two years, particularly with Royce, uh, that no one ever expected, certainly. The, the 2020 season that ultimately got cut uh, out of play in the minor leagues because of COVID and, and the impact that that had. He didn't play a full season there. Then, unfortunately, comes into spring training last year and tore his ACL. So these are just things that you can't control. But what Royce 
what he focuses on are the things that he can control, which is the work he puts in, the everyday time in the cage, the, the continuing to try and make up for some of that lost time with at-bats and work. And I can tell you that I have no doubt he's going to go out there and work. Now, what he needs is experience. There's just no way around it. You can't speed that up. You've got to go get those plate appearances. So when we got him out of Major League Camp, we told him that. Keep playing. Keep getting better. Use every day to get better. Don't be in a hurry. Just make sure that you are getting the repetitions that you need to let your athleticism and your talent ultimately shine through. Derek, appreciate it very much. Look forward to seeing By the way, he's kind of the mayor of that Twins Academy down there, too, isn't he? When, when Royce walks in there into the dorm area, uh, everybody you know, he spends so much time there. But he's, he's got a little bit of that Korea in him, doesn't he? He, he sure does. He, he's certainly figuring out how to lead. It, it was fun to watch him kind of partner up with Carlos and uh, even those few days in, in camp to learn from him. And I, I think, you know, we know that character and, and, and the way – uh, he goes about his work is going to be key, and, and I, I'm, I'm confident that he's going to learn that. And, and one quick thing I just want to say before we get off here, because I know you both know him and he's, he's central to the Twins, but Mike Radcliffe gets honored today going into the Scouts Hall of Fame here in Fort Myers awesome. uh, pregame. And you now Mike Radcliffe is a central figure for, for the Twins. For <laughs> anyone who's watched Twins baseball the last 35 years, Mike Radcliffe has had an impact on your life. That, that, that is a scout uh, scout, isn't it? A hundred percent. He's one. He's yep. the best in the industry. He's one of the best leaders. And uh, yeah, congratulations to him. And, and I hope everyone gets a chance to appreciate a hundred percent. He's one. He's yep. the best in the industry. He's one of the best leaders. And uh, yeah, congratulations to him. And, and I hope everyone gets a chance to appreciate uh, what he's meant to this organization. And just uh, yeah. Glad you brought that up. Derek, we look forward to seeing you on Thursday. Great to have twins back. Thank you so much for giving us some time this morning. Thanks, Derek. Mike P. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, guys. You bet. Derek Falvey, Minnesota Twins president of baseball operations. Nothing like the optimism of a new season. Starts Thursday right here on WCCO. When we come back, he coached Paige Beckers in high school. He saw her play in the semifinals. What does he forecast tonight? We'll visit with Brian Cosgriff, one of the greatest all-time girls basketball coaches in the state of Minnesota. When we come back. Welcome back to the huddle, Mike Max and Pete Nigerian joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Brian Cosgriff, the uh, Hall of Fame, unbelievable coach at uh, Hopkins High School and worked at Providence Academy the last couple of years and uh, uh, Coach Paige Beckers and many, many others. But, of course, Paige is the one that's focal point uh, tonight, and he is he is with us, as I mentioned, the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Cos, we talked before the game, uh, the semifinal game, and then we watched the semifinal game. Uh, what was it like for you to watch uh, Paige on, on the big stage like that in a, in, a, in a different setting where you don't have control and you're just watching? Well, it brought back a lot of memories. Thanks for having me on, by the way, but uh, it brought you back bet. a lot of memories because – we played, uh, we played, you know, a number of state tournaments there. She was on the team, um, and it was just really cool to see her down there. Um, she, you could see that she was a sponge and absorbing the moment, and uh, I was just really proud of her. Brian, I think the, the, the thing that's so fun about her is something that you've said many times and talked about that it factor that she's got, and, and I think it was you or somebody compared her a little bit to Larry Bird where it's, you, you watch, you don't know how fast they are, how tall they are, how quick they are until you're the opponent, right? And then you find out, <laughs> wow, this, this gal really can play, and she's really something special. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Is it, it, From a training standpoint and everything, did you always see that it factor? Obviously, she started for quite a few years for you, so you know her as, as good as anybody. You know, the funny thing about it is, Pete, is that uh, 
I was with my buddy Ted uh, Reverso, who's also a Hall of Fame coach, and he just won the MIAC, and we were watching her. And we both asked ourselves, what does this kid have? When you look at her, I mean, she's 5'11". She, she's not muscular or anything like that. I mean, she's way better than she was, but it's like she has it, and you can't really put your finger on it. And what we both came to the conclusion was, you know, she's got a very, very high basketball IQ, and she works her ever-living tail off. First to be at practice, last last to leave. And the other thing is that she accepts coaching and she just loves her teammates and is enjoying the moment. And and this is the case on every team she's ever played, whether it's AAU or high school and now in college. And our goal at Hopkins, at least when I was coaching, was, you know what, not necessarily to win the championship, but to play to the last day with your teammates and your coaches. Because, you know, you never know if you're going to all be together again. And at that yep. point in time, You've been on this journey, and you get to go to the last day. And whatever happens for her tonight, all right, it's icing on the cake if they win it because, you know what, she's had an amazing year. She's gone through some trials and tribulations and that sort of thing, but she's persevered to take her team to the national championship, which is really cool. Well, you know, when like like tonight when you you, you see her play, you, you see her prepare for a game. All she she's gone through a lot to get here just this season with her injury and then and then coming back and not knowing if she'd be ready and you know all the confidence issues that that uh, uh, that go into it. What what do you think it's been like to be her, uh, Kaz? Because she's dealt. We talk about nil money. She's one that benefited from it. There's been a lot of things that she's done in in the last year and a half. How has she handled that that microscope and that pressure piece of it? You know, she's kind of not at this at this level, of course, but she's been on that way her practically since her ninth grade year at Hopkins. I mean, it was amazing how many people would come watch us play, and you would hear every away game we're playing. You know, she's overrated and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, we're up by thirty, and she's had thirty-two. I mean, she's she hasn't been under the microscope like this, but you know what? She's used to it. And she just absorbs it all, and she doesn't really let the pressure affect her. You know, when when she got hurt and then she came back, you could see a little tentativeness and that sort of thing. And I think she overcame that. And I think she realizes that tonight, you know, it's just another game, and we're going to go out and play to the best of our ability and do whatever happens, happens. You know, Brian, it's got to be uh, pretty satisfying for you to be able to watch, too, and, and, and be able to just sort of step back a little bit to watch this young lady and how she she handles herself out there in that game the other night against NC State, uh, just taking over. when you, you know, And that's that's the thing I think that stands out is she's, she's not selfish at all. She's somebody who's absolutely distributing. But when the time comes where that, as you bring it up, the it factor – she absolutely knows that uh, that she can drain it, and she did. She did the other night. Those the 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 shots she hit in overtime were absolutely incredible. Mm. So, so out of curiosity, what, was there any other schools, or did she love the head coach, and that's what brought her to UConn? Was there any other schools that were even close in the recruiting for her? Well, I tell this story a lot. I'll never forget. She was in eighth grade, and we had exit meetings as players and coaches, and I and I said to her, Paige, after her eighth grade year, if you could pick one program where you want to go, where would you want to go? And she said, UConn. Well, at the time, uh, Marissa Mosley, who's a head coach at Wisconsin, was an assistant at UConn, and before that she was at, with the Gophers. So I had her number, and I, I said, you know what, let's call her. And so we called her, and, and uh, Marissa was, like, very receptive, but, you know, she's skeptical. I mean, for crying out loud, she was an eighth grader. <laughs> and she said, you know, send send us some film. And uh, we'll see what we can do. 
And then I said, you know what? Here's the other thing. I was very good friends with Joe Sensor. And Joe mm-hmm. Sensor happened to be Gino Ariama's college roommate. Yep. And so we had that connection there. So Paige went out on the AAU circuit that summer. Uh, they got a look at her. Um, she came back, had a great ninth grade year, took us to the state finals. And then as a, in between her ninth grade and sophomore year, uh, they saw her play down in Chicago, and the rest is history. And Gino was an amazing recruiter. And he was never afraid to tell it like it is. A lot of coaches come in and tell you how great you are and as a player and tell it, as myself as a coach, you're a great coach, all this. Gino, would, he, he, he didn't pull any punches, man. He was like, you need to be more vocal. You need to be a better leader. I mean, it was A, B, and C. And, um, and that at that point in time, you're like, this guy's real. And every time he, every time he said UConn was coming out, it was Coach Ariama. Now, he might bring an assistant with him, but it was Gino. And, you, you know, you go to UConn for, for Gino. I mean, you just do. Yeah. And so it was, it was just a, a nice, nice, he did a great job recruiting. Kaz, appreciate it very much. So you get nervous tonight when you watch the game, or are you past that because you sat uh, through so many? You know what? I'm, I'm not nervous. I, I, I love looking at the coaches come out during warm-ups, and you can just see they're shaking in their boots. And if they're not, yep. and I don't care how old you are or how many times you got Something's wrong with you because, you know what, you work all year to get to this level. You'll never know if you're going to get back, and you want to be you want to be victorious. I mean, they always say, you know, victory has a thousand, you know, victory has a thousand parents, right? But the <laughs> yep. is an orphan. You know? Yep, so, I mean, yep. Like, for, for all of us in life, yes, for sure. Hey, guys, keep up the great work. Uh, always appreciate it, and uh, you know a little bit about uh, what it's like to play on the final day and win it, so thank you so much. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, guys, for having me. Appreciate it, buddy. You bet. Thank Brian you. Cosgrove, one of the all-time greats, he's uh, – he knows a little bit about coaching, Pete. Those those guys that just have a gift. He's one of them to, that oh, understand boy. the game. And of course, Hopkins was, um, you know, has has been a dynasty. And uh, he left. I never knew the Joe Sensor story. Yeah, Joe was at Westchester. Yeah, Joe was at Westchester with Gino. Yep, and and yeah. Ted Reversal was there as well. And of course, out there in Pennsylvania, and and who knows where your paths cross again. But uh, yeah, I saw Joe at uh, Jerry Burns' funeral not that long ago, and he's mm-hmm. you know he had a stroke and he struggled and and some of that stuff. But he had that same great energy and that big smile, and I'm sure uh, yeah uh, he'll be watching as well tonight. So Pete, you know uh, tickets uh, for the uh, Final Four were I, I wouldn't say they were overwhelming. I, I think I don't know if you call it a soft ticket but i think i know tonight they were still advertising the other day that you could go to tonight's game and buy a ticket mm-hmm. when we come back we'll talk to mike Nowakowski about that uh he's from ticket king but he has seen all that has gone on uh with the carlos correa signing the minnesota wild win again last night they're going to be a hot mm-hmm. playoff ticket and who knows what could happen with the timberwolves uh we'll visit with him about all of that plus vikings uh gophers we can talk to him about all of the above when we come back you're listening to the huddle mike max and pete nigerian on news talk 830 wcco wolves and Houston. Houston tonight here. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 